Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Uh, Hunter's lawyer had something to say. If you think about it, what has changed? They knew all the facts for years. The law, if it has changed at all, as you pointed out, there have been at least two federal courts that have found this law in particular to be unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you have to ask what changed. And what changed, you also just talked about. It is the folks like Chairman Comer and the Republican MAGA crazies who have been pressuring this U.S. attorney to do something to vindicate their political position. And guess what? They succeeded. So, again, interesting to me that you're having someone representing a Biden complaining about selective prosecution. But again, I give the guy points on a couple of different issues. One is, he's right that very, very few people are prosecuted for these kinds of charges. Now, do I think it's because it's pressure from the MAGA crazies? Whenever somebody uses MAGA, you know, the MAGA extremists or MAGA crazies or whatever it is, I always always want to break that down and go, do you remember what MAGA stands for? It stands for Make America Great Again. You're criticizing me? You call me a MAGA extremist. Hey, look, I'm not the most extreme Trump supporter by any strength of the imagination or any stretch of the imagination. And I've talked right here on the show that he hasn't always been a friend of the Second Amendment, and he made a dramatic mistake on bump stocks, which I've talked about a lot. But I enthusiastically voted for the guy in two general elections. I did not vote for him in the 2016 primary, I am first to admit. But but I was happy to vote for him in the generals. But, but, But let's just say, to call me a MAGA extremist, that means I'm extreme in my views on wanting to make America great again? And, and you're using that as an insult, and I'm supposed to be offended? I never understood that. But but listen, if political pressure was brought to bear, I'm not so sure that the charges were filed because they they simply melted under that pressure or because they thought, hey, let's give them this gun charge and take the heat off the corruption charge that really, I think, is where the attention ought to be. Wouldn't be so surprised. He said, no, by the way, you know, this law is unconstitutional. Well, what's he talking about? Well, there have been a couple of decisions. And at the Circuit Court of Appeals level, just last last month in August, the Fifth Circuit. So this is the federal circuit. So if you go to one of the districts, and I talked about how states are divided up into federal districts. If you go to district court and you lose, you can appeal. And when you appeal a a federal district court case, you go up to the Circuit Court of Appeals. In this case, a a decision was made in one of these appeals, a case called Daniels versus U.S. And this is the Fifth Circuit. And that is the federal appellate circuit that has jurisdiction over appeals coming out of the federal districts in Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. So it's limited. But it's a relatively conservative court, and they've issued a number of decisions. For instance, I talked about the Rahini uh, decision that they came out with a few months ago, and that was where they said the law that 
prevents people under a domestic violence order of protection cannot cannot possess firearms, that that law was unconstitutional. And they did so under the new Bruin decision that came out of the Supreme Court uh, in June of 2022. And I've talked a lot about Bruin. I'll talk a little bit more about it in the context of the Hunter Biden situation. Well, the same court came out just in August and said the law that says someone who is but the law that says someone who is a user of or addicted to illegal drugs, as applied to this Mr. Daniels involved in that litigation, is unconstitutional. Now, it, it didn't say what Hunter Biden's lawyer said it said, which is the law is unconstitutional on its face across the board. It said as applied to this particular guy named Daniels, who was appealing his conviction, it was unconstitutional as to him. What's the difference? Well, he was a guy who was caught with some marijuana in his car. And in response to law enforcement officers, they said, you know, you smoke, you smoke marijuana? He says, yeah, a few times a month. He might have even said several times a month, I smoke marijuana. And based on that admission that he was a user of an illegal drug, he was convicted of the same crime that set out in count three of the indictment against Hunter Biden. In this decision that just came out in August, just a month ago, came out and said, as applied to this guy, who, by the way, and, and, they, and the court it really emphasized this, and this may or not, may not apply to Hunter as well, said there was no evidence he was intoxicated on marijuana or anything else at the time that he was found in possession of a gun. He was convicted just based on saying, yeah, several times a month, I smoke pot. And on those facts, they said, all right, under the text, history, and tradition, this is the Fifth Circuit when I say they, the Fifth Circuit said, under the text, history, and tradition test that came out of the Bruin Supreme Court decision last June, we have to look at whether this is constitutional. What's the text, history, and tradition test? Well, this is, this is the whole ballgame when it comes to the Second Amendment now. And that's why the Bruin case was such a life changer for those of us fighting for Second Amendment rights or litigating Second Amendment rights. Because, because they threw out this balancing test that courts have been using for a long damn time, decades. They used to say, well, if the, the states have this compelling state interest, or the government has this compelling interest, like, oh, keeping people safe, well, that's a compelling interest. Then we have to look at the extent of the infringement, and then there's this sort of balancing test, and they, they apply different levels of scrutiny, we call them. And on that basis... They say, well, there's some infringement here, but given the compelling state interest and the level of scrutiny we applied, eh, it's just fine. And, no, and courts that have done that have done things like, oh, say, upheld assault weapon ban, quote unquote, where, the, where, where, where those have existed in states across the country or, 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 or similar gun control laws. Well, the Bruin decision threw all that out and said, nope, no, no, no levels of scrutiny, no balancing. It's text, history, and tradition. And, and this was Brent Kavanaugh's opinion, and it comes right out of the exact same things that he said during his confirmation hearings. And you remember the Democrats on the Judiciary Committee during his confirmation hearings, when they finally got past him you know, drinking beer and the, the false allegations of, uh, uh, appeared to be allegations of sexual assault, once all that got debunked. 
they when they are actually talking about what he what work he might do and opinions he might render on the Supreme Court, he said, I think constitutional analysis is text, history, and tradition. What is that? So we first look at the text of the constitutional right we're talking about. So here you look at the Second Amendment. What does it say? What does it mean? Well, the Heller decision from 2008 tells us a lot about what it means in terms of, yes, it does protect an individual right to bear arms. It protects those arms in common use for lawful purposes. And goes on from there. So, okay. And, and oh, by the way, it protects the right to both keep, which is possess, and carry, which is to bear arms in the wording of the Second Amendment. All right. So in looking at that, they said, okay, the Second Amendment clearly applies to Mr. Daniels. Now we look at the history and tradition of the regulation of, of gun rights in this country, going all the way back to the founding and before. Say, is there a long history and tradition of restrictions on this particular right in this country? Have there similar laws been upheld? And I'm not talking since the 60s or the 70s or the 80s. I'm talking about going all the way back to the ratification of the Second Amendment in 1791. And to some degree... It allows you know the law that the the founders were aware of and and relied upon in even drafting the Second Amendment. So you can get into even some some old English law, European law, that that a lot of U.S. law is based upon. And there they said, you know what, there there's uh, there's some history and tradition here around denying people the ability to possess guns who are at the time intoxicated, who or who are at the time dangerous. And 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 they and and then the and the and the 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 state I should say, in this situation, the case against Daniels was saying, well, that what are what what what's a great metaphor is a long history of depriving people of possession of guns who are insane and therefore dangerous. And the court came back and said, hold on, you're analogizing that to someone who quote unquote smokes marijuana several times a month. Where's the evidence on this record that you're dangerous? Or, 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 or you're an analog to being criminally insane because you smoke pot. Even a, a few times or several times a month, there's just no connection. That's why the, the, they look a lot at marijuana specifically. But in that case, they came out and said what Hunter Biden's lawyer more or less got right which is, as applied to this guy who was a pot smoker, the statute that the government's relying on in the third count against Hunter Biden was found found to be unconstitutional under the text, history, and tradition test that was created by Bruin and was applied in the Daniels case and is being applied all across the country to strike down gun control left and right. So, So Hunter Biden does have a leg to stand on to say, as to him... Now, again, different analysis, because you're talking about crack cocaine as opposed to marijuana. What are the differences? Well, that'll be a big part of the litigation, especially to the extent that his defense team wants to rely on the Daniels case out of the Fifth Circuit, which doesn't directly apply. It's not controlling because it's in a different federal circuit because he's being prosecuted in Delaware, which is in a completely different circuit. 
But there is an argument to say he has a legitimate shot at the argument that the statute is unconstitutional because there's not a long history of saying in this country that it's illegal if someone just occasionally uses illegal substances or is even addicted to those illegal substances. Is it a closer call than the Daniels case? Yeah, sure. But that's what's going on out there. But I, but I do think the, the laughable thing about all of this, do I think this is all a distraction? Yeah, I could easily see that. Do I think the attention wants to be drawn away from the corruption probe? Yeah, I think that's probably true. Do I think he sees jail time with, with no criminal history, despite the fact that he's a criminal, the fact that he's got no convictions on his record, there's one gun involved. No, it's not the kind of case that you're typically going to see much, if any, jail time. And if so, it might be a few months in a low-security club fed, they call it. Beyond that, I don't, see, I don't see a lot coming out of this, but what could really be interesting is what happens. And consider this with a Biden administration who's pushing for more gun restrictions, more limitations on the Second Amendment, every opportunity they get. If a precedent based on Hunter Biden's case could ultimately lead to a more broad application of the ruling that, in fact, the statute the government's relying on is unconstitutional, which at the end of the day actually expands gun rights in the United States. <laughs> if that were to, for instance, be ruled upon that way, in the Supreme Court. Fascinating, fascinating potential development. That's why it'll be interesting to watch. I think you'll see a plea, and I think you'll see a slap on the wrist. But these are three felonies he's being charged with, so we'll have to watch it closely. Right now, we're well past the quarter hour. We're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC.